Welcome to Straight Talk on Health. I'm your host, Dr. Chet Zelasko. Straight Talk on Health is a joint production with WGVU in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I examine the world of health, nutrition, exercise, diet, supplementation. If there's something new, I look at the science behind them and then let you know whether it's real or not. You can check out other things that I do on my website, drchet.com, and please sign up for my free emails. A long-time listener asked me whether they needed to be concerned about oxalates in foods. Evidently, they had watched a podcast with a guest who essentially said that the cause of whatever ails you are oxalates. Okay, what the heck are oxalates? More correctly, oxalic acid is a two-carbon organic compound found in many plants, including leafy greens, vegetables, fruits, cocoa, nuts, and seeds. A property of this common food acid is that it binds to minerals, especially calcium. For those people who are prone to forming stones and crystals in their body, oxalic acid can be enemy number one. But the question about oxalic acid is simple. Is it dangerous to everyone like the speaker on the podcast said? Well, who is she? She is Sally Norton, a health coach and speaker. The most significant claim as a guest on a podcast, at least in the one that I viewed, was a reduction in joint pain when oxalic acids were removed or reduced in her diet. She especially talked about how her feet and how she could not walk without shoes. By going on a low oxalic acid diet, she eliminated joint pain as well. Well... That led me to an article she had published in the Journal of Evolution and Health back in 2017. 24 pages long with over 160 citations, so she put in the background work. But the question is always this. Is her interpretation of that research lead to the same conclusion? Oxalic acid is detrimental to the health of almost every person on the planet. So we're going to take a look at the article to find out, specifically whether joint pain is caused by the overconsumption of oxalic acid from foods. So specifically, what kind of foods are we talking about? Green leafy vegetables, especially spinach and collard greens, all types of beans, nuts, beets, rhubarb, and tea. Fruit doesn't escape with raspberries, oranges, grapefruit, canned or dried pineapple, dried figs or prunes, dates, and kiwi on the list. One exotic fruit that makes the list is starfruit. The reason that oxalic acid is detrimental is that it binds with minerals, especially calcium, to make stones and crystals. Now that can include things like kidney stones, gallstones, bladder stones, and the crystals that form in joints that cause gout. Again, Throughout the paper, she makes the statement that joint pain is caused by oxalic acid. So I checked at least 25 to 40 of the papers that were related to claims that the author made to see if they matched up. Now I'm going to read what the author stated first and then give you a synopsis of the research to see if they match up. Let's begin with this quote. A diet with a preponderance of foods containing substantial oxalate has long been known to be dangerous and sometimes deadly. She cites that rhubarb, 
starfruit, and sorrel mushrooms have been used as the proximal cause of death. But what she doesn't state is that as it relates to rhubarb, it was the accidental consumption by infants who ate rhubarb leaves that contributed to illness and in at least one case, death. The most important thing that she doesn't state is that in every case, these are people with chronic kidney disease. Some were on dialysis, some were about to begin dialysis, but they all had severe chronic kidney disease. Now that's something important to mention because the implication is that everyone would be at risk. If you had undiagnosed chronic kidney disease, that could be true, but that's unlikely in most countries with westernized medicine. With over a hundred-year window of research to choose from, and she did, she could find many cases of overconsumption of just about any food that had health repercussions. If it's as common a problem as she states, there should be more than just case studies. She then states oxalates are a likely contributor to many health problems. She then cites several studies that prove her point. I checked out several of those references. In one study that was done in rodents, the objective was to see what would happen in people with gastric bypass surgery, and the results were then extrapolated to humans. The study was a one-off, which means no one has done any further research on rodents or humans. In the reference that she cites, she says that the typical amount of oxalates in our diets can contribute to oxalate accumulation in non-renal tissue. One reference she cites says no such thing. A second reference is talking about infusing oxalates directly into the bloodstream of rodents, which has nothing to do with what the rodent or what humans would eat. And in the final reference, it suggests no such thing and had just six human subjects in it. She hasn't exactly supported her statement that oxalic acid is a likely contributor to modern health problems with the research that she herself claims. So throughout the article, she consistently referred to joint pain, and yet there were no citations that linked actual intake at levels that Americans typically eat with anything such as arthritis or other forms of joint pain. While I think she is wrong about the severity of the problem that she claims is the cause of everything that ails us, I do think that there is something there. She uses a citation from one of my favorite researchers on minerals. Dr. Heaney did a study that looked at the relationship between oxalic acid and calcium absorption. There were several subjects that appeared to have higher levels of oxalic acid in their blood than others. He used the phrase superabsorbers. Now, undoubtedly, that could be a gene mutation of some sort that has yet to be identified. What it means is that some people may absorb more oxalic acid than others. When you combine genetic factors with some form of pre-existing condition, maybe diabetes or some form of chronic kidney disease, they could be at risk if they consume too much oxalic acid. But is it something that we all need to be cautious of, as she claims? I don't think so, and the lack of a link between joint pain and oxalate intake confirms that. What a high intake of oxalate may mean is underdiagnosed chronic kidney disease or prior kidney damage. The inability to process oxalic acid may make the user at risk when consumed at high levels. Near the end of the article, she makes another statement that summarizes things very well. 
The symptoms of oxalic toxicity can be very hard to identify, primarily because the patterns vary in idiosyncratic ways from person to person. They are often subtle, typically affect multiple body systems, and often flare up in unpredictable and irregular ways. Another way of stating this is, I can't find it, but I know it's in there somewhere. Look, the author is obviously passionate about oxalates, but after reviewing the science in her own publication and looking up many pertinent references tied to the claims that she makes about the dangers of oxalates, I just don't see the foods that she's identified as being a danger to the health of the entire nation. Having said that, I think that people who have diabetes or prediabetes, who have any form of liver disease, even though she claims the liver is not involved in oxalate metabolism, and especially any form of kidney disease, would do well to keep track of their oxalate intake. The problem is not with the food. The problem lies within the individual. It's not a blemish on them or means someone's defective. Rather, as I suggested earlier, it is a combination of genetics, the microbiome, as well as other diseases and conditions other than oxalate poisoning. Well, I'm out of time. So until next time, this is Dr. Chet Zelasko saying, health is a choice. Choose wisely today and every day.